Previously on AMC's The Walking Dead. The whole world is haunted now. We are who we are. And we do what we do. There's no getting out of that. Welcome to PPN's The Pulping Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Envy. And I'm Hero. And last week, there was no episode because God didn't want an episode without me to happen. It was The a show kerfuffle. opted out. As Merce Mueller would put it, it was, it was a uh, kerfuffle. <laughs> so while we are here to talk about this week's episode of The Walking Dead, The Grove... You guys should very quickly go over your thoughts on Alone as you went as you did last week and the Odyssey of Bob. Oh, Bob. Uh, really, what is there to say about Bob's Odyssey that hasn't already been said by Bob's eyes, Bob's and smile, <sighs> Bob's way. very high smile? <laughs> um, yeah, last week's episode was really good. Uh, I think Kieran and I both enjoyed it. Uh, we seem to really respond well to not only the Bob character, but the arcs with uh, Maggie and Sasha both. So it was a really well-rounded episode, I would say. Um, there was... I don't, I don't know. Um, I didn't really have much of an issue with anything in it, but some of the Daryl uh, Beth stuff was a little slower. Uh, and up until the end, then it got insane with uh, a lot of good action, specifically with Daryl and a bunch of slabs. And Daryl and his slabs <laughs> spin off. And there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of great takeaways from the episode, specifically given that the episode before that was something that Mike and I had both criticized for being a bit non-moving as far as the overall plot goes. Even though I did like it. And Mike said it was good. It was still more than the um, episode that followed. It was still more, I think, and kind of highlighted that problem a little more. And so I appreciated that at least from a, a standpoint of it finally kind of got the plot moving while at the same time being a great character piece about the three main characters. Yeah, so. I really, yeah, I really liked the episode as well. Uh, uh, like so, we were both very moved by the odyssey of bob i really like the idea of taking a character who's kind of pathetic and sad whenever you first meet him and it's all taking the things that make him pathetic and turning into like this weird superpower like i like the turner bob was the voice of reason (laughs) the drunk voice of reason yeah, I like the turnaround of him being, you know, when we first met him, like, oh, I'm the survivor, I'm weak, I'm a coward, to them turning around to, like, hell yeah, I'm a survivor. <laughs> uh, I really it, like the... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just about to say, it's also awesome to see Maggie just completely go lone survivor on it, <laughs> where she's painting messages in blood by killing walkers, and she's sleeping on the ground with walkers and not being disturbed. Like there's, there was just a lot of great survivalist moments with Maggie in this. And I really liked that. They showed that aspect of her. Yeah. Like the writing on the wall with blood things. It's one of those, 
things you, whenever you watch TV where you're like, well, why doesn't somebody just do this? Oh, they're doing that. Uh, I really like the development they gave to Sasha. I have, still have some reservations that they might do to Sasha what they did to Carol in the second and third seasons where like she's just relegated to being Bob's love interest. But, uh, but let's be honest. I mean, between the two of them, I mean, Bob, he's the star. Yeah. Those eyes. Uh, Bob, unfortunately, unfortunately has stolen the show away. I'm sorry, Norman Reedus, <laughs> but it's all Bob's thing now. I gave you this be, show. It's called Bob The Walking Bob. Show. Just, just a flat, uh, like a sea of zombies with Bob's face on them. Like Michonne kills people, Bob sexes them up. Perfect team. <laughs> and then uh, walks down a railroad by himself. <laughs> Seriously, how is Bob just walking around riveting? Or just going to sleep, riveting. It's like in one episode they put him on the same level with Michonne where I just want to see him do things. <laughs> He's the new Michonne. <laughs> uh, shit's always been together. But uh, Yeah, I like the uh, subplot with Daryl and Beth. I thought that the... There are still good people thing was a little bit on the nose. I really don't think we needed three callbacks to that line, but I still really liked the, uh, the way the story was told through the set dressing, which is something the show's been getting really good at with this season. Yeah. It's like, I like the idea of the characters just visiting these places and they're just being this untold story that's suggested by the background. Which I expected them to go into and I was actually pleasantly surprised they didn't. Um, it's just a nice idea. And I also love the scene of Daryl using the uh, the casket as a bed. Because <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> and also there was that scene that you mentioned uh, when we recorded the episode where they were um, they were still doing the walkers up like uh, real people for a funeral. Yeah, it was a, it was a really nice idea. Yeah, it was something like, I'd never, never seen really anything. seen before. Yeah, you never seen that in a zombie story. Like somebody thinking, oh, well, there's still people. They should probably have a decent funeral. Yeah. yeah and I I think I mentioned that. The thing I really liked about that episode, with the, like, the Daryl and Beth relationship and their interactions, is what I really liked about the episode before that is my favorite thing about zombie stories, which Walking Dead doesn't do that often, but it's starting to really do this season is just throwing characters that have no business being in the same room together into situations where they're forced to bond and forced to find common ground. Which is actually something that they follow up quite effectively in the this week's episode. Oh, definitely. We'll get to that. Um, we'll get to Crazy White Woman later. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely agree with the fact that this latter half of the season specifically has been all about the fact that Really, splitting them up has been the best thing for their characters because it's really kind of highlighted them further by drifting them apart from like-minded, uh, like so, like similar characters. Like Rick and Daryl, by themselves, are very similar characters. Split them up and put them with other people who aren't like them, their strengths come out more, I think. Yeah, and it also allows for characters like Beth or Sasha, who kind of live in the shadow of other characters, to break away and start being defined you know, yeah. by their own qualities. 
even Tyrese, who, um, to be honest, while he's gotten some good moments here and there, hasn't really gotten an extensive amount of development yet. Like, it's, it's really kind of weird to think about, but he actually still is kind of new to the show, or at least he feels that way. So whenever he gets a significant amount of development, it's noticeable. And now that he's got this whole new situation that he's given, I mean, it's, it becomes even more of a point of development for him. So it's, it's nice to see like characters like that get their, you know, their moment in the sun. Yeah. This has been, this half of the season has been a very slow burn. Uh, kind of like season two in many ways where there's not a ton of forward momentum. It's just, uh, episodes of the characters interacting, but yeah, if they're, continue to be this well written, then I don't really mind. Yeah, I don't think this is anything like season two in that season two was more frustrating because it was literally them doing the exact same thing, whereas this one, this situation you kind of get to be more versatile with. You get to see different ways of doing essentially the same thing in different areas. Like, you get yeah. to play with all sorts of different sets and different situations that you wouldn't have gotten on the farm. Yeah, this season it's more, uh, the standalone episodes are much more character focused, and not like season two where it's just like, uh, here's a problem and here's the characters solving it. At the end of the day, it's all back to square one. Yeah. And this, I mean, the episode with, with Bob, Maggie, and Sasha, I mean, it was definitely uh, designed for all of those characters. Thumbs oh, up. God. You got anyway. your 10 minutes. You got your 10 minutes. <laughs> so, Mike, tell us what you thought about Bob. No, I wasn't on the last week's episode, so I'm not telling you anything, my thoughts on it. I'm keeping it <laughs> pure that way. You're going to leave it on mystery. Yeah, I'm keeping it pure that way. You'll reveal it in the last, in the season finale episode. We're all infected. Because I'm going to spin the wheels like that. Okay, so this episode. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, Bob's Odyssey was was very good. In this episode, what were your thoughts about it, gentlemen? Gentlemen. Uh, I thought the um, – I like this episode. I liked it more than last week's episode. Um, I, I just you said you wouldn't say anything. I'm not going into details. I just always compare it to last week's episode. I do that every episode. Go back and listen. Jesus, Mike, nobody's confronting you. I am. Yeah. Look but, that, at him. but that's – Look that's, at him. That's another thing. He's fronting. <laughs> Beyonce or something. Um, I, Don't I thought, be fooled by the rocks that I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought the first half of this episode was um, pretty uh, not uh, not slow, just kind of meandering. But it was all pretty much set up for the second half of the episode, which shit got real fast, very fast. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I've never. Yeah, it's like I've had a lot of interest in. The Lizzie and Mika storyline, but not not a lot to kind of enjoy the first half of the episode. But as shit kind of started to spiral, and well, a great opening with the old timey music, which just made me think of Fallout Three. Yeah. You too. Yeah, it was. It just made me want to play Fallout Three. Uh, but really, that was a really that was a really great. I was going to say that was a really great cold opening where you have no idea what's actually going on. Just creepy as fuck. And, um, so, shit got dark in this episode. 
really, really dark. Um, I think I said this to you yesterday, but this is probably like I had to go back and think about like what exactly the darkest moments of the show has been. I don't think it's ever gotten this dark. I think this is without a doubt the most depressing the show has ever gotten, which is saying something for The Walking Dead. Because it can do depressing very well, and this was this was that plus like a freight train. We've never seen non-zombified kids die before. Yeah, also like just the suddenness of it, and the fact that it just completely disarms you by the fact that a lot of t- attention is placed on Carol and Tyrese and their interaction, and as they're walking back, that's what they come back to. I also like the uh, bait and switch by Lizzie's cured and everything's good. And it's like, oh, God, Jesus Christ. Which, it's it's not like they made it a surprise, really, because she was doing a lot of, a lot of questionable stuff throughout the episode, like dancing with a walker, uh, trying to put her hand up to one so she could be bitten, uh, just all the sort of tempting fate stuff that really kind of made it clear that, no, nah, she's not right in the head at all. And it just culminated up into that, which was surprising, but at the same time, if you know the comics, not terribly. Yeah, it was, as as I thought when like we first started seeing Lizzie was being insane, it's the twin storyline. Yeah, except done, I would say, a million times better from what I heard about the comic book. It would have been awesome if Carl just showed up out of the woods, shot Lizzie, <laughs> and then left. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> He's having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> Carl! Carl, no! Total look at the flowers! <laughs> Carl's, Carl just uh, projects himself to do what needs to be done. <laughs> He's better than Carol in that way. Uh, <laughs> I'm a better mother than you, Carol. <laughs> I'm the superior Carol. Um, but you're a boy, Carl. I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but seriously, though, that was... Among the darkest, I think this, I mean, not just the reveal of Mika, but everything that followed that up until the end was nail-bitingly, just insanely tense and somber and really just, it was like, it was almost like it was out of a different show, but in a good way, because it was kind of like it was stretching its own barriers to go into places where it didn't really go before and just run with it. Yeah, that was a Breaking Bad moment. Yeah, like, Breaking Bad is actually a very apt comparison, because the tone of the worst episodes of Breaking Bad, and not worst in terms of quality, worst in terms of events, really are comparable with this, but at the same time, I don't think I've ever seen something like mental illness be treated like that on Breaking Bad, even. Like, the amount of insanity that went through every little scene with Lizzie, even when they were trying to sort of say that she was cured or she was um, starting to come back from what she used to do, was just, it, it was unnerving. To see a child, especially to see a child play that and play it well. Like, ugh, oh, I, God. Uh... I like the two sides thing with the twins. Or Mika was the exact opposite in every way. And then, and then Mika was perfectly fine with killing walkers, but normal people, I was the complete opposite for Lizzie. Yeah. 
I also like the idea of Carol's whole uh, nihilistic, only the strong survive mentality being rebutted by an eight-year-old girl. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like Carol was given a lot of great material to work with in this episode. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the fact that she talked a lot about Sophia and the fact that, you know, she doesn't want them to end up like her and everything they were arguing against was just kind of white noise to her because she knew what it was like to lose a child because of not being strong enough. But I like the old view Carol has on what happened is still pretty warped and not really the correct way. In fact, she doesn't really fully grasp that what happened with Lizzie, she does share some responsibility for. Yeah. Like, Lizzie obviously was already pretty screwed up from, you know, being in a zombie apocalypse. And um, Well, it also goes into that scene of they're at the kitchen table and Carol is just kind of misinterpreting her as saying that she's, you know, like she's finally come to terms with what the walkers are. And instead, she's actually unintentionally enabling Lizzie to have this idea of what will eventually become the end of this episode. Yeah. And so the whole thing with Mika and Carol, especially interesting, put up against the storyline with Beth, um, you know, pretty much playing out that Beth's weaknesses are actually her strengths. And actually the same thing kind of with Bob in a way, bringing it all back to Bob. So it's all about Bob. So I, you know, both of them, both Mika and Lizzie, were pretty much destined to die either way. Yeah. Just for completely different reasons. And it's also interesting to note that even if, even as Lizzie was about to die, she still was so out of her mind that she didn't get why she was – first of all, she didn't get why she was about to die. Second of all, she didn't get what she did wrong. She didn't understand at all. I like, like the a mice with men moment. Like I like I like the fact that it was just her going, you know, you're mad at me. Why are you mad at me? <laughs> like it's it's such a like the fact that it doesn't register that her sister is gone because she thinks, you know, oh, she'll just come back. And it'll be fine. She'll just be, you know, a zombie. Is one of the most multi-layered facets of a character I think I've ever seen on the show because it is just so stark and Filled with such a raw depth to it, but for a, this character, like you don't expect that out of a child. Yeah, I think um, like we've seen this kind of thing in Apocalypse movie before or zombie apocalypse related material, but not. And this is something that Kirkman likes to examine, which is children in the uh, apocalypse, and we've never really seen that examined in live action before in that kind of way. Yeah, it's not, like what kind that, of what kind of effect kind of, it would have? Yeah, not that kind of profound delusion. Yeah, which was uh, like, and I've gone on record saying I despise Lizzie just because she personally annoys me, and I don't really think there was any likable quality to her character at all. But to say that she wasn't handled correctly in this episode would be lying. It would be flat out. I mean, I mean. It was one of the most fascinating things about the episode, and it was one of the most engaging 
And at the same time, the most horrifying, the single most horrifying thing. And this is an episode with burnt zombies. How fucking awesome was that, by the way? That was awesome. They reminded me of the uh, the tar zombie from Return of the Living Dead, the way they moved and all that. But god damn, those things were awesome. Like, there was just chunks of them falling off when they hit things. And they were still were smoldering. That was awesome. God damn, Daryl and Beth, for that fire. <laughs> that brought, I was, about, that brought I was actually about to ask them. that. Like, whether or not you believe that was from the fire, but I fully take that as headcanon. Yeah, I just assumed it was. I mean, they were actually talking. Yeah, they were actually talking about it on Talking Dead, and I was surprised that there was even any doubt. But, but uh, going uh, back to what MB was saying, yeah, I really like how with this episode they tried to play Lizzie as something much more complex than, uh, oh, she's just crazy and evil. Yeah. Just something I was worried about with the previous episodes. Cause yeah, she never comes across as evil necessarily like like the thing the moment that i think went a little bit too far into evil territory was when she was trying to choke out judith yeah that's that's the same thought i had whereas this episode this entire episode it's understandable craziness but it's still craziness it's almost like it's a childlike craziness it's a it's confusion yeah it's confusion it's it's naivety except for it's the worst kind of naivety and because she just treats like she just treats the walkers as like they're funny little game, like little playmates, and like given her reaction to when Carol saw her playing in the field with one of them and came out and shot it in the head, it was oh, I this episode just had so many moments that were, I think in their roots really disturbing to think about. Like, psychologically disturbing, not, like, as, in terms of visually or anything like that. It's, well, I, it's it's almost weird to think about. I like how, like, all good horror tropes, they put the whole thing encapsulated in a very 1950s house-type setting. That's what that opening was trying to get with the old music and all that. Just, like, this weirdly weird suite. Somehow the house has working gas. We don't know how. Um, this sweet kind of comfortable nature there's a fucking puzzle on the table and they're eating i was fascinated by that scene like were they doing the puzzle after they murdered a child i think it was just sitting there i think the kids were i think the kids were doing the puzzle tyrese would have totally done that puzzle though (laughs) they said they said it was the kids having done the puzzle and it was just there in that scene because the kids were gone now didn't they say that the puzzle didn't they say when the puzzle was completed it was a picture of sophia uh, I think I they said I, that. I don't know. I think Melissa McBride said that last night, that uh, after they finished filming the episode, that the director brought it over and the completed puzzle was uh, a picture of Sophie in a rainbow shirt or something. I wouldn't put it past Gimple, actually, because he's actually the one that wrote this episode. And yeah. You can tell when Gimple writes episodes. They're usually Jesus, the did he do a good job. Like, the writing in this episode went above and beyond what anything I expected. And I think... Also, just going back to the whole setting of it, I think it really – that whole aspect of the episode really helped with Tyrese's character because he really got the most out of just the horror of this because he was the most profoundly affected, I think. Um, Carol was affected, but at the same time, I think Tyrese was more just – this was never something he would have imagined happening in a million years. Like everything – like. The stuff with um, Karen was still in the back of 
uh, Carol's mind because, you know, she killed her. But Tyrese was just, you know, it was a, it was a normal, everyday survival type of situation for him. He would, I don't think he would have ever imagined it would end the way it did. And you could see from the way he was acting that it was just, it was one of those things that was life-changing. I like almost the idea that Carol killing Lizzie is almost like uh, her penance for what she did earlier in the season. And her complete kind of not real uh, care that she did it. I also really like the scene where it's right after they brought they took Lizzie into the house and uh, Mickey, of course, was killed and they had to take her out of her misery. And it's just Tyrese and Carol in the kitchen, and they're discussing it as if it's this. I don't. I don't know what you would call it. Like almost a famuel problem, like an like an issue that they kind of have to solve as a mother and father. Yeah, and they have to take but, care of the problem child. But flipped entirely on its head in every conceivable way. Like the just the fact that it was Tyrese talking about the fact that he. You know, he went into her room, he gave her food, he made sure she didn't have any knives on her, he mentioned the box of rats, and asked her, you know, if she was the one that um, cut up all the rats at the prison. And... Uh, I like how they just kind of solved it in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I like that they didn't drag that out any longer. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of which, um, I think the biggest aspect of this episode is the fact that yeah, all that stuff that happens is completely horrifying and probably defines the episode, but this is the episode where Carol finally tells Tyrese that she killed Karen. Yeah, what did you David. feel about that? Did you think that Tyrese's reaction was appropriate or or what? Uh, I feel personally half and half on it. On one hand, I, I liked how he said he forgave her and all that. But on the other hand, it felt still a little bit too unreal. But the fact they put it right after she had to kill Lizzie and they buried her. Yeah, I think... It took the heat off of it, I think. Yeah, made it work better. I think pretty much all the reviews for this episode have been saying if Carol had admitted to what she did in the field when Tyrese had the gun, he would have killed her yeah. right there. Yeah. He would have had the complete mental breakdown angry reaction, but I think he was just so drained at that point and so overwhelmed by the horror of what had happened, this thing that really makes the Karen stuff pale in comparison in terms yeah, I mean, of horrifying. I mean, Tyrese was implicit in the murder of a child at this point. Yeah, like, he's pretty much, I think this is going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Like, this is one of those things that's just going to stick with a character Probably throughout the rest of the show. This is probably going to be brought up yeah. again at some point. And I, it's it's really, really tough to see Tyrese, especially like a character like him, go through that. But at the same time, it's really good for his character because it develops him in a profound way. Yeah. And the notion of doing what you have to do in this world is something that was – it's kind of the theme of this episode. I think that's – Ultimately, what Tyrese learned at the end and why he forgave Carol's. Yeah. He finally realized that this isn't the old world anymore. Yeah, because it's and, not like it's not like he could have found a way to fix the Lizzie situation. It's not like he could have 
figured out a way to make it better. Like, as Carol pointed out, like, if he had just left with Lizzie or left with Judith or whatever, they would have never survived out there. So it's just, they they did a good job of covering most, if not all, their bases, I felt. Yeah, I mean, they they had to kill Lizzie. I'm glad they didn't, you know, stretch it out. Uh, The only downfall I feel with the episode, which is, with the second half of the season being how it is, it's just, there hasn't really been enough of Lizzie and Mika to get a real sense of things, so they pretty much had to put everything in the episode at once. I can see that. Is both good and it's like it's it's weird to have a payoff for something that hasn't had a lot of build up. Yeah. At the same time, I think they handled that in the best way they could have with without the uh, without the development that they could have had before. Yeah. Because I mean, we we haven't seen them at all since the uh, mid season premiere. So. Yeah. So it's. I mean. It's it's just really first of all it's a really it's a hard episode to talk about but not in the terms of I don't know what to say it's more of the events stick with you like that shot of her with that shot of Lizzie with the knife and the blood I think is probably the one image I'm going to take away from this entire season I thought it was pretty metal yeah it was like oh they only got there like a minute later only Carol hadn't told her stupid fucking joke. <laughs> Carol's husband being a dick even beyond the grave. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Just absolutely terrible. Also, Swamp and, Thing was there. Because there was a swamp behind him. That was Swamp Thing. Also, Tyrese has got to feel like white people are the most messed <laughs> up. <laughs> like, Fucking little white girls. <laughs> he's not had a good experience with white people. Like he's immediately introduced to Rick, and he Who fucking beats the crap sh- out of him. And it's just like not, then he meets the governor, who's fucking insane and has an eye patch. <laughs> nothing goes right. <laughs> nothing goes right with white people. Just they should have done a spin-off with Tyrese, Michonne, and T Dog. And, and Bob, <laughs> sorry, Bob could be there too. Just just roam in the countryside, getting shit done because white people can't. <laughs> Blacked they, out. They, they yeah, like they're cruising dead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> freaking white people. Right. Yeah, The Walking Dead. Yeah, so that was uh, us talking about the newest episode of The Walking Dead, The Grove, and uh, you know it's a really great episode. Uh, Celebrate it! I killed a child. But Mike, you do that every week, Mike. Uh, Mike. Look at the flowers. Oh, they're pretty. So that was this week's pulping dead. I, I've 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 been in MB. Um, say so, whoever you are, say goodbye. I I need to. I've been here. here. Says T T dog. R.I.P. T. Whatever it is, just just just. Let me Jenner go. lives. Oh God, he's coming back. Oh, Shane was right.